This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. When you can do better than that, God's been good to us. Give him some praise like he deserves. Thank you so much for being a part of, of this special day. I, I do want to stop for just a moment and, and say as well, I am so glad that our, our South Campus is with us today and so excited about what God has done there. You know, there and here, can I just ask real quickly if uh, you've either been here the entire 25 years or you've been a, on staff or a leader in some way, uh, either at our South Campus or here at our Central Campus uh, over the last 25 years, would you stand if, if you're here? Would you stand? Because it's taken a whole lot of effort. Come on, let's give all these a hand. Thank you so much. Hey, come on, you can do better. That's honor them. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Amen. You know, it has been a true uh, a joy to see what God has done. Over the last 25 years, we have seen literally tens of thousands uh, come to Christ. Uh, not only here, but around the world. The last uh, solid count we were able to get puts us somewhere around 70,000 people that have given their life to Christ in our missions, outreaches, and locally over the last 25 years. Can we celebrate that also this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, we're doing, we're doing a study right now in the book of Psalms. And so I want you to go ahead and open your Bibles to the book of Psalms. We're going to pray in just a moment. And as we, we make this time of prayer, uh, we're going to be preparing our hearts for what I believe God's been speaking to us. As I saw the verse that we, we are at this morning, I, I was actually just blown away. I could have never uh, made this, uh, uh, planned this out this way. I took all the research for the Psalm series, put it in a folder, and I've just been going to what I felt like God, kind of jumping around. And, and there really were only two choices left in the folder as I came to this message time. And, and when I saw the verse, I said, God, you planned this for today. You put this in order for this time. We're going to end up in Psalm 77, but before we do, Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, for 25 years that have only passed because of your faithfulness. Too many times during these 25 years, I've made way too many mistakes. And Lord, you have been faithful. You have stepped up. You have delivered and you have set us all free. And Lord, we are here today because our true desire is to lift Christ up. And Lord, here in both of these places, I thank you that your spirit is present and you're going to speak to us through your word now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Psalm 77, verse number 10. This is why I became excited. It says this, Then I thought, to this I will appeal, the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago, and I will meditate on all your works and consider all your mighty deeds. Do you see why I got excited about that verse on an anniversary Sunday? I became excited because it says I'm going to stop for a moment 
and I'm going to remind myself of how good God is and what God has done. I'm going to take just a brief pause and remember the faithfulness of God. I'm going to stop and I'm going to stir up my heart with joy to say that without the hand of God, we would not be here. 25 years ago, when two churches came together, uh, everyone said, people don't come together, churches split. They come apart. Churches in. No one comes together. And people stood and prophesied and said it would last six months. Well, for the naysayers, I declare today that God had another plan. And 25 years later, we're still together, still serving God, still honoring God. Not because of our determination, but because God's been faithful. You see, when I remember the years of the right hand of the Lord, what that's talking about is remember the favor of God. Remember the goodness of God. It reminds me, I, I had somebody in my life that, that I didn't like how they were living. I didn't like what was going on. And, and I was praying. I was, this is how I was praying. I was, you know, I was trying to be spiritual about it, but I was like, God, would you just show them how wrong they are? God, just yank a knot in there. Is that, can I say that? Come on now. Amen. God, just, just deal with them. God, I want you to deal with them. And God began to deal with my heart. He said, son, don't pray. I'll, I'll discipline them. Pray. I'll bless them. And I said, Lord, I don't want you to bless them. They're not living right. He said, pray. I'll bless them. And I began to pray the blessings of God, the favor of God upon their life. How I many you know when God gets good to you, your heart begins to be drawn toward that. And within a month, they were in this altar seeking God with hands lifted up, getting right with Jesus. Why? Because God's favor draws us to good places. And the favor of God is what I want to remember. And, and, and I, I want to keep keepsakes around my home of, and around my office and around this place of what God has done. And I, I can walk up, and if you were to ever come to my home, one of the first things that I, I, I will show you is, is something that, that I treasure that I received uh, uh, when I was in Israel. And all these kind of fun things that remind me of the favor and the goodness and the exciting times of God, they remind me of what God has done. But as I was preaching the first service this morning, God had not yet uh, uh, revealed to me completely where I was going with this point. And, and then I began to understand by about the end of that service, into the next service today, I began to understand that the favor of God, the blessings of God, uh, uh, really are, are seen by the keepsakes of God. And all around both of these campuses today, there are keepsakes of God. There are people that should not be here. There are people that somebody looked at you and said, you're never going to amount to anything. Somebody looked at you and said, you're going to bust hell wide open. Somebody looked at you and said, you're never going to get free. You're never going to be delivered. There's no hope for you. Somebody gave up on you, but thanks be to God, he didn't give up on you. You became a keepsake of the favor and the grace of the living God. You became a joy. Maybe you're not where I am, but see, some of you, the devil thought he knocked you down, and he thought he knocked you out, and he thought he'd won. He thought that, that, that he had ridden your tombstone, and it was all over, but you're still here today, and you can still lift up holy hands and declare the Lord's right hand of favor has been good to you because you're still coming through. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about today? I, see, this is the problem when you have three or four services. You end up uh, getting so excited that you can't. Rem you got to remind yourself the congregation has to catch up with why why your motor's running so much already. Come on now, Amen. I'm excited already because I've been selling. In the last service, I looked at a, a couple when I was talking, and, and they were supposed to end in divorce. Their marriage wasn't supposed to survive. They, I, I remember the words of their child. I know there's a God because my dad's not as angry as he used to be. He's now a trophy of grace. We are all trophies and keepsakes in the presence of God. And can you imagine God as he's looking down at us? He can't remember what we used to be like because it's under the blood. But he can say, look what I've done in them and look where they're headed and look who they're becoming because God has favor for all of us. Now, I know I'm excited and I know I'm a little fired up, but I, I feel because I'm celebrating where God's brought me. 
I'm celebrating what God's done in my family. I'm celebrating what God's done in this church. I'm celebrating and I'm, I'm reminded as I look around the keepsakes of the people that are here, how good God is. I, I see people that have been my friends a lot longer than 25 years. I, I see people that I love dearly that, that, that have been connected into my life for so long. And I remember how good God is. You see, the devil thought that you wouldn't be sitting in God's house this morning, but God's grace has been good to you. Amen. God's faithful and God is good. And I think it's important that we surround ourselves with mementos of, of, of things that will remind us of God. Now, real quick, I want to go into the word Psalms uh, 119. I want to go there in the word. And, and I actually have a very unique Bible that I just received as a gift for this 25th anniversary just a few moments ago. And, uh, and this person had no idea what I was preaching about this morning. This Bible is uh, from 1845. In the back of this Bible, there, there, there's a, a memento in the back of this Bible. I'll, I'll see if I can show this to you. And it goes right along with this. But the, the person who owned this in the 1800s had, had, had the privilege of going in, uh, into John Calvin's study. And they took this out of Calvin's study and, and, and they, they brought something and they put it in this Bible. And as I'm flipping through this Bible, what I'm seeing is, are, are, are their notes and their thoughts. And, and I'm seeing how this day on November 15th of 1877, they got a word from God. I'm seeing how they, they, they heard from God in the middle of different times of their lives. And, and I was just sitting there as we were worshiping, thinking about how unique this was for God to put this tool in my hand with what I'm about to say to you. You see, Psalms 119 tells me that, that, that there's a lot of things that, that we need to remember, that we need to keep, that we need to make uh, memories about. And Psalms 119 is the longest passage in the Bible. It's, it's an interesting passage because there's 22 stanzas to, to this passage. 22 different verses in the Hebrew uh, alphabet, and for each one of those, there's a stanza. And, and in almost every single verse, there are 10 different synonyms. And those synonyms that will appear from the English are the word, testimony, law, saints, statutes, judgments, commandments, precepts, ways, and paths. And every single one of those point back each time in each of those 22 stanzas to remember what I've told you. Remember what I showed you in the Word. Remember the law that I laid down. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Look, if you're a guest here today, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize. After 25 years, I finally dawned on me that I don't know how to behave. I just don't know how to behave the way you're supposed to in church because the prophet of old said it's like fire shut up in my bones. And I feel what's inside of me now to declare to you that 22 times we're told to remember the Word of God in Psalms 119. 22 times uh, uh, those 10 synonyms are used in 174 verses. Why don't we just read them all now? Just kidding. Amen. Come on. Amen. And 174 verses of the word. Somebody went, oh Lord, this is going to be a long service. Amen. 22 times those things are mentioned and each time it says, keep it, keep it, make a keepsake of it, get it in who you are, make it a part of who you are. The Jewish rabbis teach us that every scripture has 70 different faces and 600,000 possible interpretations, 600,000 different ways that you can twist that around and, and look at it and God can reveal something to you. A dear pastor friend of mine called me this week and he said, let me tell you what God showed me from John 14. And, and he began to tell me a revelation of God. And about halfway through it, I said, stop. And he said, what? I said, let me tell you what God showed you. He said, how do you know what God showed me? I said, because God showed me the same thing two days ago. I preached that verse my whole life and I've never seen it this way. And I unpacked it for him and he said, what do you think it means that God's talking to both of us? I said, he might be getting us ready for something. Come on now. Amen. But God reveals different things to you. 
But what he says is when I reveal something to you, when I give you a scripture to hold on to, mark it down in who you are because you're going to need it. You're going to need to keep it. You see, you may not have gone through dark days yet, but when all your friends have abandoned you, when all your praise has seemed to escape you, it's the power of the word that's going to keep you. It's the power of the word of God that you can write down in your heart and in your lives. One of the first verses that I ever memorized was, uh, as a boy was Psalms 119 and verse number 11. You need to memorize this verse. This verse simply says, I will hide your word in my heart, O God, that I might not sin against thee. God, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to hide your word inside of who that I am so that when sin comes knocking, there's something that will rise up against it. When the enemy shows up and tries to tell me to give up and that I've already fallen far too many times, I can remember the word of God that God's grace is sufficient for me. And when I have fallen, the devil says, now you've messed up and you can't get up. I can remember, I can keep the word that says, though a righteous man stumbles, yet shall he arise and he will dust himself off. I can remember the word that says my grace is sufficient when I don't understand what to do and I don't know where to go and I feel like my sin is greater than any grace could possibly be. I remember the word that says that God's grace abounds where sin abounds and it abounds much more. God's word will keep you because God's word works. Can I get an amen in here this morning? Amen. Woo, did you just see what happened when I hit that Bible? Dust flew off of it. I said, that's 1800 dust. Come on now, amen. Because God's word will last throughout time. God's word will last and it will help us put on, as Philippians 2, 5 says, the mind of Christ. We'll start thinking like Christ thought because when temptation came to Jesus, he didn't fight it in his own power. He used the word. You see, we're not the only ones keeping the word. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 12 says that what God thinks about the word, his, he says this, he said, I am watching over my word to perform it. I'm watching over it to perform it. I'm going to look for somebody who will believe my word. And I'm watching for somebody to enact my word. And watching over, literally, the little translation there for watching over is it means to shepherd. It means to guard. He said, I'm going to watch and I'm going to guard. And when someone tries to enact the power of the word, he says, watch this. I'm going to watch over it so that I might perform it. You know what that tells me? That performance actually relates to a word that would give us the same example uh, as uh, God has an assembly line of promises. God says, I'm watching for somebody who will believe my word so that I can manufacture the fulfillment of the word in their life. Maybe you're not as excited about this as I am, and maybe I'm not doing a really great job uh, illustrating this to you, but God's looking for somebody that when the devil comes to tell you that your family's going to be destroyed, you can, make, you can stand up and you can say, devil, you don't understand. Everybody can serve who they want, but me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And what God has joined together, no man will put asunder. And you begin to quote the word. When the devil shows up in the middle of the night and you're holding that baby with a fever and you don't know what else to do, you begin to quote the word and you begin to say, there's healing in the name of Jesus. I begin to say, whatsoever I ask on earth and bind on earth and loose on earth will be bound and loosed in heaven, God. And whatever I ask in Jesus' name, it shall be done. Now, you've never been there. Listen, when you make keepsakes of the word, sometimes it comes back to you when nothing else will. 
I'll never forget the day my daughter was dying in my home as we were, she lay, uh, lay there dying and we didn't know what to do and the doctors were trying to tell us how to save her life and, and everything was horrible and Christina was screaming and, and the devil showed up in my house and he said, where is your God now? It wasn't something from me that came out of me, but the words of Job came up outside of me and I said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him because in the middle of my darkness, I found somewhere to stand. You can stand on the word, Amen. Pastor Don, it's a big day. Why don't you behave yourself? Because everybody needs to hear what I've come to tell you. The Word works. And you can stand on the Word. We need to remember 1 Kings 8 and 56. And I feel like on this 25th day, this is my declaration. 1 Kings 8 and 56, Solomon has just dedicated the temple. He prays a prayer. He gets up from kneeling. And this is what he says. He says, there hath not failed one word of all of his promises. And maybe I'm in the wrong place this morning, but I think I'm standing with some people that God's been faithful to. I think I'm standing with some people that, that even in your darkest night, God's never let you down. Even in when everybody else told you to give up, you stood up on the word of God and you kept moving forward and you kept going forward because not one word of God's has ever failed you. Come on now. Amen. I learned something a long time ago. Men will fail you, but God will never fail you. God is there in the darkest night. He is there in the roughest moments because we serve a good God who cannot fail. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise. Why don't you exalt that kind of God? He's worthy. He's holy. He's just and he's good. He's a faithful and a mighty king. Amen. Amen. See what happens? I tell you, if you get excited and say, amen, I'll hurry up and preach. Well, now I'm going to close. Come on. Amen. Psalms 119 verse 62. If you would turn down there, I want to show something that I had never learned before. It's a study of the rabbinic traditions concerning David. Psalms 119, verse number 62. is very powerful in Jewish tradition. It says, At midnight I will rise to give thanks because of thy righteous judgments. He says, At midnight I'm going to stand up and I'm going to give thanks to what you've said, God, and for what your word is performing. I'm going to give thanks because you've always been good to me. At midnight I will arise. But this is the significance. It's actually from this concept uh, that Psalm 57 and 8 was written. And I'll quote that for you in just a moment. But, but uh, it, it's from this context. And So here's the rabbinic tradition concerning David. That David would take his harp with him when he would go into his bedchamber. He would take his harp and when he climbed up in the bed, he still had his harp. And that David would take that instrument of praise, that instrument of worship of his harp, and he would hang it on the window of his house above his bed. So imagine this. Harp, window, David's bed, David's head. All right here. Somewhere in the night, when the cool winds would begin to blow, and if you... When you go to Jerusalem, you, you, you never say, let's go down to Jerusalem. It's always we go up to Jerusalem. It's up. And the winds blow on those mountains. And when you go up on those mountains, at the night, when the winds would begin to blow in the cool of the night, sometimes around midnight possibly, that breeze would come in and the breeze would begin to strum the harp. As it would just, you know, make noise. And deep in slumber, he would begin to hear the rattle of that harp and 
that the little strum of the wind. And it would arouse him from his sleep. And the tradition says that David would use that as God calling him to the Word. He'd climb out of his bed and he'd take the, the law because the kings were told to literally write the law. And he'd begin to write the law. And he was told whatever he wrote to take it with him because it's the word that he had written that would remind him of what God could do. And so he'd take the law with him. And he'd keep it so that he might be a man after God's own heart. This is where Psalms 57 and 8 was, was come from. It's speaking of this very thing where it says, Awake up my glory, awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. What, what, he, what he's doing is he's, he's talking about Psalm 63 and 1. He says, Early will I seek thee, God. Lord, I can't live without your word. There's something in my heart that's longing to know him more. People say to me, Pastor, is your church where you thought it would be 25 years ago? And my answer is no, not at all. It's so much better than I could have imagined because my plan would have never worked. But becoming a church that standing in a little room over there, sitting in a little room, God spoke to my heart. He said, son, don't preach discipleship. Preach the gospel because it will set people free. Somebody thought they were insulting me one day. They said, they said all he wants to do is win souls. I said, yes, thank you for the compliment. It's working. Somebody said, but what about us? I said, if you'll start winning souls, it'll change your life too. It'll change our whole church. It'll change who we are. The Word works. I'm not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. The Word works. But I wonder, can you hear the blowing of the wind? Can you hear God calling you to His Word. Pastor, why are you doing a sermon on, on Psalms, a series on Psalms? Because I'm tired of us just reading it, not believing it, not acting upon it. The Psalms were not supposed to be just read. They, they were supposed to be sung. They were supposed to be said out loud. And the Word is not supposed to be just something you go, okay, check, I'm done, uh, you know, that this happened. But the Word gets inside of who that I am. And then I take a step up on the Word. You know, a few weeks ago, the, the scripture I brought to you was that in, out of Psalms that I will trust God and do good. And the very next day, I was slammed with something I didn't want to do. And I heard the Word that say, trust God and do good. Trust God and do good. And it gave me somewhere to stand on unsolid ground. And I started moving forward. The word is calling to you. The word is blowing into your heart. The word of God is calling to this generation. I feel like our nation has one more chance for a move of God. And the wind is blowing saying, come, arise, awake, and let me change who you are. Would you stand with me today? Where is your passion? Where is your fire? Pastor Danny, beautiful words. Pastor, say beautiful words. We are in the right place at the right time. It is our duty to stoke the fire. It is our duty to honor God with all that's in us. Would you bow your heads in this place? God is here. God is here. I can't seem to put this old Bible down today. God is here. All the way from Calvin. All the way from those who pen the words. All the way 
literally just opened. There's a flower here from the Garden of Gethsemane. Picked on a Sabbath day, 1877. This is his words. To remember the agony of my blessed Savior. Says the agony of my blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. He says, I was alone. It was a sacred hour. But I will never forget what God has done. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Is God calling to you from his word again? Is God speaking to you? I'm going to talk to the mature saints for just, just a moment. Some of you, can you hear the wind blowing? Can you hear him calling you to the word? If that's you, can I see your hand right where you are? Yeah, thank you. Put those down. He's calling to you. Come back to the word. Believe it. Live it. Act upon it. It will change. The word will work for you. Real quick, because I'm praying for all of you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, there's a verse I need to come back to today. It's the most popular verse of all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe upon him should not perish but will have everlasting life. You need to come back to that today. You need to stand on that word because it will change who you are. There have already been many that have given their life to Christ in the earlier services, but today I want to ask you, you've never really stood on that truth. You may have prayed a prayer, but you've never really allowed him to do what he wanted to do in your heart. And you're ready to stand on the word and give your whole life to Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you any more than the others who just raised their hands. But I want to pray with you also. Where are you? I feel it in this place. Somebody's going to settle their relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you hold your hand up now? Hold it up high. I'm looking for you all across. Thank you. Are there others? Thank you. Are there others that will join with these? Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, quickly, that will join with these. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. You're making a declaration. Thank you. Are there others? You're making a declaration of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lives are being changed forever now. Put those down for just a moment. There's been several adults that have raised their hand, and I I don't know that I've ever just stopped and said it this way, but I feel like there's a teenager in here. You've been trying to make up your mind about Jesus. Listen to a man who came here as a young guy, and it's been worth it all. It's been worth it all. You're praying, and God's going to surrender you're going to surrender your life to Christ. You might actually be at our other campus. You may be here in this campus. But God's speaking to you now. God's speaking to you now. Pastor Steve, I'm sure you're looking around. If anybody's raising their hand at that campus, raise it again. Raise it up high. Hold it up high. God's going to change your life right now. Where's that teenager? Are they here? A young person. This is your moment. You're, you're ready to surrender. Can I see your hand if that's you? I, I, we already had numbers surrender this morning to Christ, but... I just felt compelled to come back around. Is that you? Can I see your hand? This is it. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just feel God. Most of you know, I don't don't normally stop and come back around like this, but I feel God. I'm looking for you. Hold it up high if that's you. Hold it up high if that's you down at South. Thank you, little one. I see a young one right now. Thank you. Is there another? Quickly. All right, join hands with someone near you if you would. God is so good to us. Just take their hands. Pray this prayer faithfully. Not only now, those of you that are watching live, but our daughter campuses that are tuning in a little later today. Now's the time to pray. Now's the time to believe. Agree with these. The Bible says that we will confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we would be born again. 
Let's pray this prayer of faith with each of these now. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. And in Jesus' name, I confess I need a Savior. Father, forgive me. I now give you my past, my present, and my future. In Jesus' name, I am forgiven. In Jesus' name, from this moment forward, God is my Father, heaven is my home, and Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Would you give God some praise in this place? Come on, make it mighty before the Lord. Hallelujah! Come on, give him some praise. Hallelujah! That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.